You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello there. Welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle. Yes, I am a survivor of infidelity. And today I've got a list of questions that people ask about affairs and infidelity. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through that list of questions that people ask, and then I'm going to answer them. Why? Because there is still such a stigma around being the victim of an affair, which I think is ridiculous because the person who cheated is the one who made the poor choice. The person who cheated is the one that did something wrong or out of integrity. The person who is being cheated on did not do anything wrong. So why we feel ashamed, why we feel like there's still that stigma why we feel like we can't talk to people and ask questions and have our needs met when we have been put in a situation that we didn't choose and we didn't plan and we had no part of, that's kind of crazy. And that's kind of sad. And that is why I do what I do. I do what I do because when I went through the affair recovery journey, I felt all of those same things that you're feeling. I felt shame. I felt stupid. I felt embarrassed. I felt all of these different things. And it was hard to get the help and the support that I needed. Yes, I did counseling. I did therapy. And that helped with certain things. Yes, I did some affair recovery. And that helped with other things. Yes, I did energy work. Yes, I did all of these different things because there are all of these different pieces that we need to do in order to recover. But there was no comprehensive place where I could go and have all of my questions answered and have my needs met in a way that actually healed me, that put me back together and didn't just put a Band-Aid on things and tell me to just Go forth and figure it out that I would get over it with time. Because let me tell you, you won't just get over it with time. You need a fair recovery. So that's what today is about, going through all of those questions. And hopefully you will have all of your questions answered. If you don't, I am going to do another question and answer show at the end of January. So reach out and send me an email with your questions. Laura at laurachetel.com. And it's L-O-R-A at L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. Let me know your questions and I will answer those if they have not been addressed today. On top of that, I do have a monthly support group where you can show up. You can get some of your questions answered there. You can listen to other infidelity survivors. You can talk to other survivors and you can get some questions answered there. And if you want more than that, 
if you deserve more than that, and let me tell you, you do deserve more than that. Go to affairrecoveryforwomen.com and check out ways you can work with me. Affairrecoveryforwomen.com and check it out. But for now, let's dive in and get some of these questions answered. Okay, I think the first question that I get the most often is, is there hope? And what I want to say is, yes, and what do you mean by hope? Is there a hope of saving your marriage? Is there a hope of saving yourself? Is there a hope to go back to the way life was before the affair? That's such a loaded question, and I get it all the time. And when I push back on people a little bit and challenge and try to get to the bottom of what does that mean, what people say most often is, I don't really know. I just want to feel hopeful. I just want to feel hopeful about the situation, whatever hopeful means. And I don't even know what that means. So is there hope? Yes. And this is the perfect opportunity for you to start returning to yourself, going back to your heart, to your head, to your spirit, and to ask yourself, hope for what? What do I want to accomplish? Is there a hope for your marriage after an affair? Yes. There is hope for your marriage after an affair. If both partners want that. And if both partners are capable of doing the self-reflection and doing the steps in the work to make themselves different. So yes, if. Is there hope if your partner is not willing to do that? Not for your marriage. A marriage takes two. I'm going to be brutally honest. A marriage takes two people who both want the marriage who both are mature enough intellectually and emotionally to be able to self-reflect with honesty, to be able to do the hard work and to be able to change their behavior. And that's all hard. It's not difficult, but it's hard. And without both people being willing to do all of that, then no, there is no hope for your marriage. So then... If your partner is not willing to do that, is there hope for you? Oh my gosh, yes. With or without your marriage, there is hope for you. I know you might not believe me now, but an affair, finding out your partner had an affair, is truly one of the greatest catalysts for self-discovery and self-growth that there is. Because it turns you and your life completely upside down. It pulls the rug out from under you and it does shatter you. It shatters your belief in yourself, what you're like, what you're, what you're worth, what your marriage is like, your collective values, your view of the world, your financial security, 
It shatters your memories. It shatters your future. Like it is everything. And while that sounds horrible because it is, it's also truly a clean sweep. And absent a situation like this, very few of us have the opportunity for a complete breakdown and clean sweep of our identity, ourselves, our situation, all of that. So is there hope for you? Yes. It doesn't matter what your partner does or does not do. There is tremendous hope for you. Now is your chance to truly create yourself how you want to be, to create your world exactly how you want to be. This is the greatest form of becoming that there is. There is so much hope. There is so much joy at the end of this. On the other side of this journey, literally, is everything you ever wanted for yourself. Everything that was ever taken from you, all that power that we intentionally gave away or inadvertently gave away because of the society that we live in, you can reclaim all of that because you have to reclaim all of that in order to fully heal. So is there hope for you? Yes. You have the hope of being happy and satisfied and to feel free and complete. There is so much hope for you and it doesn't matter what anybody around you does or says or doesn't do. And that right there is what that hope is all about. It's the ability to be okay, to be happy and strong and powerful, no matter what's going on around you. Because it is within. Your joy is inside. Your power is inside. Your self-worth is inside. So that is what you can hope for. And that's what you can get on the other side of infidelity or betrayal. Let's see. The next question is, is it always going to hurt this bad? Am I always going to feel like this? And the answer is no. It will not always hurt this bad. The first few days are completely unbearable. The first three months or so, it's like a fog, a bad dream that you cannot wake up from. The whole first year with all the anniversaries and all of the firsts is extraordinarily painful. It also hurts because you're still maybe relying on another person to make decisions about your relationship and how you're going to move forward. But let me tell you a couple things. First, grief fades. Memories fade. And that's a good thing. You want to see more about this, but memories do fade. You have the ability to renew those memories time and time and time and time again. If you think about that one bad thing every day, it becomes a permanent ingrained thing that is etched in your memory, in your energetic field, in your body. 
And you're going to keep renewing it and keep renewing it and keep renewing it. And you're going to keep feeling bad about it. And if you process that, think about it. Yes, you can obsess for a while. But then at some point, things get busy. You move on. It might not even be that you're consciously saying, I'm not going to think about the affair today. It might just be that you've been busy. Something's going on. And all of a sudden you think, whoa, I didn't think about that for a day. And then you didn't think about it for two days. And then before you know it, a week goes by and then a month. Or when you do remember something, it's just a small blip. And then it fades more quickly than before. That will happen. Memories fade. No, you're not going to feel like this forever. And be sure to consciously not always be renewing the worst, the trauma. I'm not saying cover it up, but I'm not saying don't consciously keep bringing it back. Bring it back for a while. That's part of the healing and feeling process. But after a while, just let it float away because it will. It totally will. In addition to that, when you are doing a fair recovery work, when you are listening to the podcast, working with a coach, talking to a therapist, reading books, working, doing the work, self-reflecting, exploring things that have come up around you, it will also fade because you will have resolution. When we have unanswered questions in our brain, the brain literally opens a loop. Why did this happen? What does this mean? How can I get through this? What's next for me? All of those questions are open loops in the brain. The brain seeks to close loops. We are meaning-making machines, and the brain seeks to close loops and to find answers that's called processing. <laughs> so it can move on. As your brain finds answers and as these loops close, boom, your brain will not need to chew on it anymore. So as you start gaining some understanding, and that's the power of a coach or a therapist, somebody can say, oh, whoa, do you see that this is, in my case, what caused a lot of my husband's behaviors around having affairs was having a traumatic childhood, being an adult child of alcoholics and feeling like he is always going to be abandoned, having the inability to identify and express his feelings. There's like all of these things. And I understand why in his mind, and for his reality, based on his experience and his truth, why it made sense for him, maybe not made sense, but why it was plausible that he would think an affair might solve some of those problems. Bam, a loop just closed up in my brain. I get it. Like, I don't get it in my heart, but I get it in my head. Okay, I get it. Loop closed. I don't have to think about it. My brain doesn't have to think about it. So as decisions get made, yes, I'm going to stay. Yes, I'm going to leave. Yes, I'm going to move. Yes, I'm, whatever. As decisions get made and loops close in your brain, you won't think about it 
And then you won't feel bad anymore because you will be moving on and new loops will be opening and you'll be focusing on other things. Third question. Is this normal? Ah, is what I am feeling normal? Is this experience normal? Well, we could talk a decade on this. Let me just say, statistically speaking, affairs are very common. Statistically speaking, affairs are very common. I hate to say that because I don't want to normalize bad behavior, bad choices. I don't want to normalize and have people think incorrectly that, oh, it's just something that happens. And at the same time, I don't want to stigmatize affairs because they are so common. Because affairs typically are born out of unprocessed and unhealed trauma. Having an affair is almost a trauma response in itself. And again, all affairs are different. Sometimes it's it's not. So I don't want to make any blanket statement. But so often an affair happens because somebody is hurt and they don't know how to deal with their pain. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people was my favorite phrase in my affair recovery journey. And it's something that I say so much to the people that I coach and work with because it does help you to understand why did this happen? Is this normal? Am I crazy? Is my spouse crazy? No. Hurt people hurt people. And sadly for our world, it's normal to have a lot of pain and unprocessed trauma. And in that regard, it is normal. Mental health challenges are normal. It's sad, but it's true. People having affairs is normal. It's sad, but it's true. Hurt people hurt people. You've heard the phrase, crap rolls downhill. (laughs) It does. And being the victim of, of an affair is just oftentimes generational trauma rolling downhill and rolling downhill, rolling downhill until blam, it hits you. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that big pile of crap that has just hit you and bowled you over? Are you going to transmute it and heal it and stop the pain? Or are you going to perpetuate it? Are you going to revenge cheat? Are you going to just bleh, be all indignant and not look at yourself? Just point the finger at everything your spouse did wrong and his family did wrong and the other woman did wrong? Or are you going to look in the mirror and do some of your own healing and inner work? Not that you are to blame because you are not to blame. And You also have inner work to do because every human does. We are not gurus who are sitting on top of the mountain, living in a state of perfection. When you were hit 
With that crap ball, you have a choice. Your choice is to heal and transmute it or to perpetuate the pain. And if you're not looking at yourself, if you're not doing a lot of work, chances are you will perpetuate that pain either for yourself and in your own life or for your kids. And I know if you're anything like me, the last thing you want to do is hand down any more generational trauma to your kids than they maybe already have. Because again, sadly, it's normal. The way you're feeling is normal too. If you feel completely psychotic and schizophrenic and one moment you're totally in love and the next moment you're totally in hate and one moment you want to stay and the other moment you're packing your bags, you're totally normal. Here's another of my favorite phrases. An abnormal response to an abnormal situation is normal. An abnormal response to an abnormal situation is normal. How the heck would any of us know how to deal with finding out that our partner had an affair? Oh my God, that's not normal. That's not something we grow up thinking and preparing for. One day after 23 years of what I thought was a happy marriage, I'm going to be totally blindsided because the person that I know, love, and trust the most in the world will have stabbed me in the back repeatedly. Nobody prepares for that. Nobody prepares for that. How do we know how to respond? What's a normal response to that? Oh, honey, I'm so sorry for your pain. Let's talk. That's not normal. It's normal that you're psychotic. It's normal that you're all over the map. It's normal that you hate your partner and then that you love your partner and that you think you are repulsed and you will never want to have sex again. And then all you want to do is have sex with them. Everything you are feeling is normal. Why? Because you were hit with the biggest betrayal, the biggest abnormality on the planet. So however you're feeling is totally normal. But going back to what I said before, it's also up to you to address because the feelings that you're feeling are yours and it's up to you to address. This flows well into the next question. And that is, should I have sex with my spouse? My partner has had an affair. Should I be having sex with them? No right or wrong answer to that. The only thing I want you to be aware of is why? Ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? So often, wanting to have sex with your partner is a form of claiming them. I will prove to you how good I am. I will remind you of this great connection we have. I'm going to put my claws in you and I'm going to keep you with me. I'm not saying that's wrong. All I'm saying is identify it for yourself and ask yourself, why do I want this? Do you want it as an attempt to bond? Do you want it as an escape that you're doing all this affair recovery work? It is so freaking hard. And sometimes you just 
want to let go and move in to something that used to be pleasant and enjoyable. That's fine too. You can say, hey, let's call a hiatus to all this fighting or processing. Let's just have a night of connection. That's all okay. I just want you to identify it for yourself. Are you doing it to prove your worth? I want you to go a little deeper if that's the answer. I'm doing this because I want to prove how good I am, what he's going to miss, what he could have had. If you're doing it for any reasons that put you on the underside, that put you on the I'm proving, I'm showing, I'm seeking to be worthy. If there's anything around worthiness for you, that is the only caution that I would have. And I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying be really aware if you think it's about your self-worth. Because when it's about your self-worth, you're going to get hurt. You will be hurt. I can guarantee that. Because whenever we are trying to get somebody else to validate how good we are, it means we're not enough inside and nobody else can pour that much into us ever. We have to validate ourselves first. I know I am the best thing you ever had. I know that I am worthy. I know that despite our problems, there's still some really good things here. I wish you felt the way about me that I want you to feel about me. Fill yourself up. Validate yourself. And don't seek to have somebody else do it. Because especially in a vulnerable state, something will be said or done, or a memory will come into you, and it's just going to hurt you. Now, on the flip side, if you are completely repulsed and want nothing to do with your partner physically, perfect. There is no right or no wrong. You can feel however you want to feel. You don't have to have sex. You don't have to hold hands. You don't have to kiss. You don't have to cuddle. You don't have to do whatever you want, don't want to do because you have sovereignty and autonomy and agency over your body, over your heart, over your mind, over your spirit, but over your body. And don't you ever let anybody push you to do something that you don't want to do. And... <laughs> Just like I was saying, if you want to have sex, to be mindful if it's about self-worth. If you don't want to have sex, be mindful if it's about control. If you don't want to have sex, be mindful if it's about control. And here's why. As we know, sex is powerful. And when you have a quote, crime around sexuality that somebody has cheated, somebody has been unfaithful. Sex is the thing that's the issue. Yes, there's all the emotional pieces too, but sex is the thing. So if all of a sudden you're with 
holding sex as a power move, even subconsciously. That's why I'm like, think about it, think about it, think about it. If you're withholding it as a power move, that's not healthy. That's passive aggression. That means you're not speaking your truth. That means there's something inside that you're not saying. And if you're not saying it, your partner can't hear it. And if your partner can't hear it, they can't know what's really going on. And you can't move forward in connection. And you might not even know. If it feels like a punishment and punishing them, I know they love having sex and I'm going to punish them. They did it with somebody else and they're not going to do it with me. And you're punishing them. It's not going to go well. So just ask yourself that. Even subconsciously, is this some sort of manipulation? Is this a power move? Is this passive aggression? Is this punishment? You don't want to go there. And if that's the case, no, I'm not saying go against your own, you know, thoughts and desires and wishes and have sex anyway. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you got to start having a conversation. And if it can't be with your partner, this is where a coach or a therapist can really come in to help you untangle, to help you pick apart, to help you figure out, okay, what is this? What are some things that you can do that will help you communicate the confusion, your conflicting feelings? Come up with a solution that is win-win. So you can express maybe some of your anger with your spouse in a more constructive way. And then it will allow you to have that intimacy to move forward. Having help truly is invaluable. And I'm just going to foot stomp this. Having help from someone who has been there is what's transformative. I don't care who the expert is. If they haven't been there and they don't know how it feels, all those conflicting feelings. They're helping you from their headspace, from their research. They're not helping you from a combination of head and heart. They're not uniting the healing. They're conveying information. They are spotting issues and they are conveying information that is traditionally believed to help. Great, but healing doesn't take place in our heads. Healing takes place in our hearts and our energy fields and our bodies. Healing takes place in our whole being. And that's why recovering from affairs is so hard for so many people to do. They get headspace help from somebody who hasn't been there, who hasn't experienced, who has no idea what you're going through, but they are an expert. They have read all the books. They've worked with a lot of people and they've talked it all out. Sorry, folks, it doesn't do it. And like I said, I'm going to foot stomp this. If you truly want to heal, you've got to work with someone who has been there too. Because they will heal you. They will find the integration of the heart, the spirit, body, the mind, the emotion. And they will move you forward in ways that somebody who has not been there, 
simply can't do. Let's go back down. Okay. The next question is, what did I do wrong? Did I cause my partner's affair? Blanket statement, no. Blanket statement, you did not cause this and you didn't do anything wrong. Period. And were there some contributing factors? Yes. Did you do some things wrong in the relationship or the marriage? Of course. Who doesn't? You don't deserve any blame. Your partner cannot blame you. Don't take that. They will. They will try. Whenever somebody is blaming you for something, it means that they don't want to own their own feelings and emotions around it. It means I can't figure this out. I don't have the strength to deal with it. I don't have the courage to say it or to feel it. I don't have the capacity to feel that pain. So I'm just deflecting it, whoosh, and I'm putting it on you. I did it because you're a bitch. I did it because you never listened. I did it because you, 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 you. Translate all of that to I did it because I can't feel my pain. I did it because I can't process my own trauma because I can't state that I really do want to get out of this marriage and that I'm really done. Whenever somebody deflects something onto you, it shows a deficiency in them, something that they can't say or they can't own. And notice that I said, sometimes people do want to get out of a marriage. Sometimes people want a divorce and that's okay. It's just that sometimes they're too chicken to say it. Sometimes they lack the courage to say, I don't want to be married anymore. This feels like a mistake. This is not what I want. We all have agency over ourselves. We can all make those decisions. Just because we commit it to somebody at some point doesn't mean that we truly have to stay there forever. We can always change our mind. But what we can't do, what we shouldn't do, is use an excuse to get out of it. So if your partner cheated as an excuse to get out of a marriage, it's not that you were a bad partner. It's that they couldn't own up to their truth. They were too chicken to say it and to face the consequences. And that's their problem, not yours. My husband cheated a lot because he said he didn't get enough validation because he didn't know how to validate himself because he was terrified that I was going to leave because every time things were too good because of his childhood and all this trauma, he couldn't cope with things just being calm. So he would stir up this stuff and be afraid that I was going to leave and blah, 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 blah. That's not my problem. Those are his demons. That's his inability to express. That's him, 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 not me, me, me. Did I do things wrong? You betcha. Did I know how to handle his trauma? No, I didn't even know how to identify it. I didn't know what trauma was. I thought he was an angry man. It wasn't until later that I heard whenever somebody's angry, look under it, see how it's fear and hurt. Whoa, I didn't know that. I just thought he was an angry man. Would that have helped me? Possibly. That's where I can grow. 
Now I know when somebody's angry, look underneath and find the hurt. Now I'm aware. Now I'm trauma aware. Yay, I've grown. Did that, did my inability to understand trauma or know what anger was about, did that cause the affair? No, it was a contributing factor. My lack of awareness was a contributing factor. My ways of pick, 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 pick to kind of motivate him to try to bring him in because I was feeling insecure and neglected, that created more trauma. That created more division. That division is something that also led to the affairs. Was that a cause? No. It's a contributing factor to some of the dissatisfaction. It's a contributing factor to some of the things that happened. But I did not cause the affair and neither did you. So being able to separate, sure, these contribute to it, but Unless you are standing there and unless you are saying, you go make this choice right now, unless you're choosing for somebody that choice, it's not your choice. You didn't make the choice. You didn't text somebody or reach out to somebody or meet somebody in a hotel or bring some. You didn't choose that. They did. And their choice is their choice, just like your choice is your choice. There's a lot of contributing factors that go into making a choice, but the choice is theirs and you did not cause it. This is a big one. Why should I try to make this work when this is not my problem? It was not my choice and somebody else came in and train wrecked my life. Why should I try? Because what you don't heal from, you repeat. What you don't process, you repeat. What you don't transform and transmute, you pass on to others. You have a wound. If you had a physical wound, a gash across your arm, and it was bleeding, you would cover that wound, you would heal that wound. You would put antibiotics on that wound. You might go to the doctor and have it cleaned and stitched. You might have antibiotics. You would heal your wound because you would have this huge gash in your arm. You would heal it for yourself and you would try to heal it for yourself. Why should you try to make it work? You should try to make it work to the extent that you are healing yourself. If you, just in the same way that if you had a physical wound, it's not that you are seeking to make it work with this partner at the expense of yourself. It's that you're seeking to make it work with this partner so you can both heal and grow and understand. You were in this accident together. You both see it from different sides. 
because you're on completely different sides here. Who better to sit down with, to talk with, than the other person who was involved with you? You should make it work so you can have a better understanding of what went wrong. What do I need to look at in myself? What kind of things do I need to learn and understand now? What can I do to make myself better? And also because when you've been in this boom train wreck and you're both cleaning up the pieces, you can clean it up faster when there's two people cleaning than when there's one person. And also, when you're putting it back together and you're building it with somebody else, you are co-creating your marriage. This is relationship 2.0. This is life 2.0. And you're building it with somebody and you, for the first time, maybe ever, are truly building this vision together. If you're anything like I was... And like my husband was, you, you know, you get married and you have this general idea, but you're young and you're naive and you don't know because you haven't lived in life and you're building things together. And then you don't communicate around things and trauma comes up and experiences come up and bad things happen and, and it's hard. So bam, here we are. We're in this accident together. Now we have the chance to rebuild everything exactly the way we jointly want it. You can have new asks. You're renegotiating the marriage contract. You're renegotiating the relationship contract. This is what I want going forward. I didn't know that was going to be a problem before, but now this is what I want. This is what I need to be clear about. This is what you need to do. This is what I need to do. This is what we need to do. So why should you try to make it work? Because you have the opportunity for the marriage of your dreams now. Because you're not starting fresh with somebody whose baggage you don't know, whose triggers you don't know, whose history you don't know. Now you have this huge history with this person. You know absolutely the worst of them. You know everything about them and you've been in this together. And you can create absolutely the marriage of your dreams that I think in a lot of ways is even safer than a new relationship because you've been there. You've been to hell and back. You both know the way. You both know what got you there. You know how not to go back. So why should you try to make it work? Because right now you've got the most potential for the happiest relationship than you may ever have in your life. Going back to the very first question, though, only if both of you are willing to do that. This is not an invitation for you to create this fairy tale in your mind and to be thinking, I'll change my partner. I'm going to make them think. This is not that. This is if you are both willing. So should you try? Of course. If it's in your heart to try, try. Because you are poised right now to have the best relationship ever. If your partner is willing. And that's not saying try at your own expense. That's not saying think that you can change somebody else. That's not saying cover up your own wishes and desires. Open kimono. Let's be totally vulnerable, raw, 
and each state exactly what we want and see if we can build something. That's why you should try. Because you're probably never going to be at this place again where you truly have the opportunity to create exactly what you want. So that is why you should try. Trying to decide what I want to do because I have a whole list of questions that really point more towards the spouse, like what questions you should ask. Um, why won't my partner admit what's going on? What do I need to know? And I'm thinking I'm just going to put all of those together and do that. I think I want to stick with the questions more about you. I think where I want to end for today's show is by specifically asking or answering, what is a fair recovery and how can it help me? Because I've answered a few questions here and they're really good questions for you to think about. I recommend actually journaling on them if you want to go back listen to the show, write them down, and then do some journaling on them. But I really want to be clear and specific about what is a fair recovery, what it's not, and what can it do for you? A fair recovery is a very deeply personal growth experience. A fair recovery is what you do for yourself. It is not marriage recovery. It is not partnership recovery. It is recovery for you. Going back to when I said you've got that wound, you know, a gash on your arm. If you don't tend to that wound, you're going to bleed all over people. You're going to take off your coat and the scab's going to come off and you're going to start bleeding on people and the floor and the things. Literally, you're going to bleed on people. But drawing the parallel emotionally, that's that crap that you're going to transfer onto other people, your kids, your family, your friends, your work relationship. If you are not healed inside, if this scar from this complete devastation and shattering of yourself and your life is not healed, it's going to bleed. It's going to bleed on other people and it's going to impact them. And you as the one bleeding will constantly be embarrassed, managing, changing your behavior. You won't be free to be you because you're always going to be like, oh, can't do that. Scab will come off my arm. Oh, can't do that. It hurts. Oh, can't do that. I might bleed on the floor. Oh, can't wear that. I'll bleed in. Oh, not going to do that. A fair recovery is for you. It's about healing the wound in you. I like to say, the betrayal reveals the truth, not only about the other person, but about the wound inside of you that you need to heal. And I don't care if it is a wound from childhood or adulthood, or if your first wounding was the affair, if you are wounded, you need to heal that wound. 
A fair recovery is about healing that wound for you so you can be free, so you can be happy, so you won't be obsessed, so you won't feel like damaged goods the rest of your life, so you won't always be feeling broken and thinking that you're broken, so you won't be seeking other people to make you whole. So you won't get into toxic and dysfunctional relationships going forward. So you won't attract the wrong kind of partner. The benefits are so far-reaching because it's everything about you. It can help your career. It can help your personal relationship. It can help your body, your health. It can help your weight because you won't be doing things like stress eating. It can make you healthier because you're not holding tension. There is no part of your life that will not be impacted by a fair recovery. And there is no part of your life that will not be damaged if you don't do it. None of us would walk around with a gouge on our arm or a gouge across our face and never seek to heal it. So why would we think I can just divorce him and be done? I don't need healing. I'm just going to find somebody new. Yes, you need healing. Otherwise, if you're going to find somebody new, you're going to replay this because that's the thing. You will replay every level of drama that you don't heal with another person, whether it's your parent or a romantic relationship or your kids or your coworkers or your boss, you're going to replay this unless you heal it. So what is a fair recovery? It's for you. It's for you to heal any and all wounds inside of you. So you can be free. So you can quit striving to fix yourself. So you can quit the incessant self-improvement and finding a new relationship and I'm just going to lose 10 pounds and da 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 So you can just be free to be you and so you can finally freaking be happy. That's what a fair recovery is. And too often, especially in our quick fix society, I'm just going to get a new house. I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm just going to find a new relationship. I'm just going to start dating again. I'm just going to. Catch yourself. I'm just going to what? I'm just going to what? How about I'm just going to take the time and space and invest the money and the time and the energy into healing me so that I don't need anything else. I don't need revenge relationships. I don't need a revenge body because I'm happy and satisfied and completely okay with myself. That's what a fair recovery is. It gives you a shot. It gives you the only shot at true happiness and true freedom and true connection and true relationships. And if you're thinking you do want to stay with your partner, unless you heal that wound yourself, you're just going to be building another dysfunctional relationship. And that's one of the things that people say, will my partner cheat again? Well, if you haven't done the work, they might. 
Not that we're responsible for somebody else, but what we are responsible for is our healing and our vibration and our ability to communicate and our ability to be wise. And if we're not healing it, if we're just like putting a bandaid on and putting a smile on our face and being like, yes, it's all fine. We're so happy now. You're lying to yourself. And is it going to happen again? I'm not promising either way, but the chances of something going wrong, if you're just lying to yourself and forgiving and forgetting, the chances of things going wrong then are high. You got to do the work. They created the problem. They wrecked the train. And now you have to do the work. Is that fair? Depends on how you define fair. It's not fair, but it's a gift. I would have never looked at myself in these ways had this train not wrecked in this particular fashion. And I bet that's true for you as well. So the last question I will leave you with is what are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with this? If you have more questions, send them to me, laura at lauracheadle.com, and I will answer them the next time I do a question and answer show. In the meantime, go to affairrecoveryforwomen.com and explore what healing yourself, your wound, might look for you. I would love Love, love, love to work with you. It would be an absolute honor. Have an incredible week. I look forward to connecting with you. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. 
special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 